If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. Imagine you're just in this open game world that you can roam around and discover. The moment your teacher presses, it's time to start class. You're pulled from any part of the world that you're in and you're dropped into our 3D classroom. We have literally built school in a video game. And as the students are having fun, they're building their futures through Dallas-based educational technology company, Stimuli Studios. As creators of the first game-based learning metaverse in the United States, Stimuli Studios have been serving local high school students by providing both virtual hands-on skills training and mentorship that will open the doors to lucrative STEM career opportunities in the future. And they're not stopping there. The Stimuli team is working towards the ultimate goal of guiding both traditional and non-traditional learners across the United States to their destinations. Taylor Schitt is the founder and CEO of Stimuli. Taylor, before we get to talking about Stimuli, what an amazing program, how did you first discover your passion for connecting young people with a better future through educational technology? Yeah, thank you for the question. So I was the youngest of seven to earn a Division I basketball scholarship to college. So for me, playing sports in college was a little bit of a legacy thing. I never thought I was going to do anything else because everybody else before me had done it. But one thing that was interesting is I was really passionate about being a reconstructive plastic surgeon when I was in high school. And I jokingly tell people it's because I knew three things at the time. One, I wanted to help people. Two, I understood biology in a way that other subjects just didn't make sense to me. And three, I had grown up watching Grey's Anatomy. So it was like, <laughs> it was people. Um, so with that said, I got into college and it was my sophomore year in college and I'm sitting in a chemistry class and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so lost. And I was like, if I go ask my teacher for help, the first thing the teacher's going to ask me is, well, what do you need help with? And I was so lost that I was like, I don't know whether to tell her the beginning of the class, the beginning of the semester, or go back all the way to high school. And that was the beginning of a journey where I ended up kind of falling out of the pathway that I had set to get on. I ended up losing my scholarship. I was experiencing some anxiety and depression. And the root of all of it for me was not feeling like I was prepared for college and ultimately the career I wanted to get on. And so the last major epiphany I had is I had all the resources I needed, whether it was tutors, anything that my parents thought I needed or we knew I needed, I had. And so it was kind of the the quote, talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. And just the realization that, okay, Taylor, if you had all these resources and you still ended up here, then what about all the people that don't have near as many resources as you had at the time? And so that's really what inspired me as a sophomore in college at about 19 to become an entrepreneur and head on this journey to really solve that problem of helping young people. From there, how did you first start Stimuli? Great question. So I started my first educational technology company living in LA. And the long story short behind that is it was just too early for my big ideas. The thing that happened next is my parents were like, look, Taylor, there is the 14th largest school district in the nation sitting in your backyard of your hometown in Dallas. 
please move home. You're spending way too much money out by the beach. And so when I moved home, it was within that same year that the Dallas Independent School District contacted me and told me we're starting a new program called PTEC Pathways to Technology Early College High School, in which we're giving students the opportunity to graduate with their associate's degree before they ever get their high school diploma. And we're also giving them the opportunity to partner with businesses to hands-on through mentorship and internship, teach them all the skills they need to succeed in the future. So now that you know my backstory, as an entrepreneur, it was like, oh my goodness, this is the wave that I need to catch. I need to pedal faster. This is my opportunity to bring these big ideas I had had in my previous world's life. So Stimuli was started in 2016, in June, the very first year that P-Tech was started. So I was contacted to be a P-Tech partner, I think that very year, you know, maybe within 30 days or 60 days after me actually filing the registration paperwork on my company Stimuli. Take me back with you in your imagination to those early days in 2016. What's an average day like for you? And what do you remember best? So at the time I was working for Apple computers and I was a B2B salesperson. And so I got accepted into this nonprofit program called Leadership ISD local to Dallas that takes community leaders and teaches them everything they need to know about education in the city. And I had a realization working in Apple, and this is kind of a funny side story. At one point, I had sold like a million dollars of iPhones in like three weeks or like 10 days, and my paycheck didn't change. So that was kind of a realization of if you're really true, serious about changing education, it can't be a part-time or sideline thing. And so I took about $10,000 worth of Apple stock that I had saved over the few years I had worked with Apple. And I, as far as what the time looked like in the early days, what is hilarious is I would just be researching. I would reach out to people via email. I was having some phone calls and meetings, but my calendar was by no means full. And so I kind of laughed because today my calendar, sometimes I'm not off the phone or I'm not out of meetings, you know, for hours upon hours. So really what the early days look like is a lot of service. I was doing a lot of volunteer work with Dallas Independent School District and also working with some students in the community because I wanted to make sure before I came in with these big ideas that I actually understood what they needed. And I didn't want to be arrogant enough to just think that, oh, I know what the solution is without really understanding who my customer is and what the kids needed at the time. So my calendar was not full of meetings. I was teaching kids personally every Friday, logic and leadership skills. And I was doing quite a bit of volunteer work just to get to know who these kiddos are and what their stories are and to learn more about the education system as a whole. What did you discover teaching these kids and finding out what they needed that may have been different than what you thought they needed? You're asking us a phenomenal question. So the first major epiphany I had actually came in the second year of this P-TECH program. And I'll tell you the short story. So I'm sitting at a table with all the kids and it was either the end of the first year or the beginning of the second year. It was actually the first day I had seen them after summer break. And imagine 10th graders, about 12 of them around the table with me. And I go around the horn. I'm like, okay, what are you guys passionate about doing? What do you want to do with your life? Tell me why. Tell me what you did over the summer. And I got to one student by the name of Warda. And she said that she wanted to be a neuroscientist 
And when it came time for her to answer why, her answer was because my mom passed away from brain cancer when I was like in second or third grade. And so the epiphany for me was the fact of, okay, this is a student I hadn't seen in like, let's say at least 60 days during summer break. And I knew at that age, I was probably like 25 or 26. I was like, I would not be vulnerable enough to just share something that was something so close to my heart with a group of people that I hadn't sat down and been with for a while. So the storyline here is about the strength of relationships and about the fact that if you don't develop connections with kids, you can't really get them to move the needle doing anything. And so just the importance of how we foster connection with students And, you know, I was a young person at the time. I know I'm still, you know, young, but, you know, one thing that I thought about is like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be partnering with these kids for four years. Like, how am I going to do it? I barely do, you know, when I was committed to, you know, the next week or the next month. But after that conversation, it became so apparent to me the importance that I played in their life that now it wasn't like a a fear of, okay, what happens if I disappear tomorrow, you know, theoretically and get some other priorities, it became a commitment. It was no longer a question. It was like, I absolutely have to be here no matter what for these kiddos. So I would say that that is probably the biggest epiphany that I had and happy to talk about more if you're interested, but those are one of the things that I just never could have expected. That was a big learn for me and submitted my commitment to this journey. What I'd love to know is what happened for this young girl. Did she go on and become a neuroscientist, start taking pre-med? So one thing that's interesting, and this is a learn that we're working on improving in some of these programs. When I met Warda, she was on the networking pathway at Conrad in her sophomore year. And some of these kiddos, all of them in this particular program have to select the career pathway they're going into in their eighth grade year. I share that with you because as you can imagine, you know, there's you don't know much about what you want to become at that time. And so what Warda did is she went on to graduate from high school with her associate's degree. She finished her college degree in two years, and now she's working in marketing at this current time. I text her from time to time to see how she's doing, and I might follow up with her and find out, is that still a dream of hers? But the main point of, you know, maybe a second learn that I had from this program is that We need a little bit more flexibility in systems for students to, once they realize what they're passionate about, to get on the right path of where they want to go versus the idea that at a very young age, you're deciding your entire future for the direction that you're headed. It's true. We ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? As if it's going to be set in stone. We're not even the same people from eighth grade to college. Absolutely. What about the way stimuli changed over time? You were growing your program and then boom, along comes 2020 and the pandemic. How is it different today than it was back when? Yeah, well, let me explain a little bit about what stimuli did pre-pandemic and then how we transitioned. So the other, now this is the third major learn that I had from my early days in P-TECH was I quickly found out that out of all these 90 industry partners, I'm talking IBM, American Airlines, Thomson Reuters, Microsoft, like you name it, who's who of the Fortune 500, a lot of these students had never encountered a field trip at these workplaces. They had never encountered a mentor at these companies. And so for me, I was like, wait a minute, this should not be just a partnership on paper. I know that all of these companies committed with a true vision to serve. So what's happening here? And so 
the first thing that we developed is a platform that facilitated all the virtual internships, mentorships, and just any engagement between the Fortune 500 company mentors and the high school students. And so after the pandemic, what happened, or not after, but as soon as 2020 hit, I got terrified because now my little babies that I met in 2016 were going to be graduating. And I was like, how are they going to connect to their teachers? I had known because I'd come to know this district that there was no way for the students to log in simply and get immediately connected to the teachers. So the district at the time asked us to add on to our tool the ability for teachers and students to connect. So that's the first thing that we did. But the major realization we had at that point was just because you make it easy for kids to connect online in a Zoom-like window does not mean they're enjoying their educational experience. And so the major evolution that Stimuli took because of the pandemic was doubling down on the idea that education should be as close to a video game as possible and that learning could be as fun as playing your favorite video game. So now the company that was formerly called Stimuli Education is now called Stimuli Studios. We have a full game team with a great background and history of developing some of the world's most famous games. And we have literally built school in a video game. So that is the biggest evolution of Stimuli is video gaming, working in core classrooms, and then adding workforce development into that entire ecosystem. Let's take a look at that. Suppose that we've got a classroom and we're going to fire up the computer. The kids are going to go into Stimuli Studios video game. What do they see? What do they experience? So if it's your very first time logging in as a student, you get to customize your avatar. And we're talking about every customization that you can do as a Memoji on your iPhone. So what do your eyes, nose, mouth look like? What does your hairstyle look like? What color skin do you want to have? If you want to be blue, you can be blue. If you want to be green, you can be green. So all of the above, different body types and different clothing. And then from there, you're imagine you're just in this open game world that you can roam around and discover. So when you're dropped into the world, you're rostered with your classmates. So as you're running through, you see your friends as avatars with names over their heads, identifying who they are. If you walked up close to them, you would be able to hear each other through what we call a proximity chat. And again, you're able to engage in like these mini games that are just immersive in the world. Now, if you are using this system in a virtual learning environment, the moment your teacher presses, it's time to start class, you're pulled from any part of the world that you're in and you're dropped into our 3D classroom and your teacher appears on the video conference screen. And your teacher has something that I liken to a PlayStation controller, where as they want you to engage in content, they're able to press buttons, immediately launch content into your side of the platform. And as you engage in that content, you're essentially able to, in real time, data reports back to that teacher on how you're performing. And as you do well, and as you're just studying and engaging in school, you're earning points that you can use to unlock different gaming experiences or different upgrades for your avatar or different upgrades for your house that you have in the world. So that's the use case if you're using it for a virtual school. For students that are using this in a traditional environment, think about them using our system for homework because they're logging in, accessing all their assignments and doing supplementary work that's empowering them to know what they know and know what they don't know. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of data flowing back to the teacher that are mapped completely to state standards, letting the teacher know in real time exactly where the learners are on their journey. We're really big about personalization 
in the sense of like, think of Google Maps. Google Maps knows where we are at every moment in time. And that's how it gets us to where we're going. We take the same approach as we really want to understand exactly where the learner is in their journey. And then from there, let them set a destination that ultimately our system navigates them through the series of activities that they'll go through to reach that destination. So a uh, last thing I'll share is the destination could be proficiency in math, science, or English language arts. But the destination, in our opinion, what success looks like is when students are getting the jobs of their dreams, they're prepared for the jobs of their dreams. So through our world builder tools, we're planning to continue to scale these immersive environments that allow students to experience learning in what they call an invisible and stealth fashion. You have something that I hadn't seen before. I hope I have the right term, a learning GPS. I want to be here, so I have to go there. How'd you come up with that one? Great question. So I actually met a gentleman by the name of Prasad Ram. His nickname is Pram. And he was actually the lead developer and ran the Google Maps development team. And so about 12 years ago, he left Google and said, I want to build a GPS of learning to help learners navigate their educational experience the same way that we do day-to-day in Google Maps. And so for the last 12 years, he's been building this application that is now used by 7 million learners worldwide. And we fully integrated it into our metaverse. And now we're personifying it. So instead of just using your 2D application that came with his platform, you're now interacting with what we call a guru bot that's navigating you and making recommendations to you on what you should do turn by turn to realize your destination. I love that. It seems so like we should have had this 20 years ago. This is an amazing idea. What about the creator tools that you have? This is so much more than simply consuming. What can teachers and students do? So as a teacher, the first thing we wanted to enable you to do is publish your curriculum, whether it's in Google Classroom, Schoology, Canvas. We wanted you to be able to publish that into the 3D world. And so that's where we started with our MVP. What we have is what we call a stimuli engine. And what it does is if you're supposed to publish, let's say, an assessment or a pop quiz or a test, what we do is we enable you to put it into our system and it shows up in the 3D world as a mini game. So it might be like a Mario Kart racing game. It might be an obstacle course game. But again, you're taking what you have and what you use on a year-to-year basis. And when you publish it to our world, it's becoming gamified. So from a teacher's perspective, that's what's available now. From the student's perspective, what they're going to be able to start creating is avatar parts and world building tools. So as they want to like sell their favorite hat that they designed to their friends, they would be able to do that. Or their favorite sneakers, they would be able to do that. And over time, what we're going to enable students, teachers, and ultimately the entire world to do is build their own 3D immersive world. So the best comparison that's available on the market today is a Roblox like no-code or low-code game development tool. We're going to do that in order to help. We want, I have a famous quote, and it might not be famous, but I've said it a lot, which says, you know, whether you're in a class of one or in a class of a million, you should have the best learning experience possible. So our dream behind this game creator tool is that whether you're a homeschool teacher and you're a parent or you're a kid that's just, you know, you love to create, that you're able to create immersive experiences and share them with others. This is absolutely amazing. I'm getting a real sense of fun in addition to a real sense of a calling when you talk about stimuli. What's the one of the most fun experiences you've had as a creative? You know what? I'll share two experiences. One, just 
with my personality, I absolutely love ideating and the idea of creating something that doesn't exist. And so if I was in a conversation with you or in a design session with some of our team, and we're literally thinking about what's possible and we're kind of writing down plans and I know it doesn't exist before, it just makes my heart beat a certain way that not many things do. So I love that aspect, but to talk about a very specific fun thing that we've done as a team in December of 2021, Forbes, the Center for Education Reform and the Yaz family invited my team to New York for the 30 Under 30 launch party. And we were awarded the nation's top award for the most transformative app for students. Now, that sounds fun by itself, but the reason it was fun is because on my team, I've actually hired P-TECH alumni. So kiddos that I've met six years ago when they were freshmen in high school. And I invited all of them to go with us. And so it was some of their first times on a plane. A lot of them, it was their first time in New York. And what I loved about the experience is I've always dreamed of being in Forbes 30 under 30. I'm now 32, so I'm past the mark of being able to make it myself. But the fact that the first time I was stepping into a Forbes event, these kiddos that I'm doing all of this for, that I want them to just stand on my shoulders and become the next world leaders were walking through the doors at the same exact time I was. It just reminded me of our mission and the fact that we want to continue enabling experiences like that for students all across the world. So ultimately, I would say that was one of my most fun experiences at Simuli is Rockefeller Center in the middle of Christmas with my team after a very hard, you know, long two years working through the pandemic to, to solve some of these challenges. Congratulations. That's wonderful. What about a GPS for stimuli? Where do you want it to be in five years? I want to serve millions of learners worldwide, not only in K-12, but higher ed, professional learning, adult learners who are upskilling. So really using our application as a lifelong learning tool. I do want to take our company public as a young Black woman. I would I just want to lead the charge and change the narrative around what our tech leaders look like today with the hopes of showing little girls everywhere that they can build technology that the world needs and loves. That's something I'm extremely passionate about. But ultimately, I would say the goal five years from now is, can our platform be as ubiquitous as Google Maps? So much so that it's almost normal that people in all corners of the world, no matter what their social economic status is, no matter who they are, where they come from, you know, that as soon as they want to learn, it's accessible to them. It just is like downloading an app on their phone and their pathway to their destination is equally as accessible and easy to understand as any of our Google Maps, Apple Maps, Waze features are. Time for a shameless plug. Where can people find out more about Stimuli? Where can possible supporters find out how to do this? So Stimuli.net is our website, and I encourage everyone to follow us on our social media channels. Stimuli Studios is our Twitter handle. I would recommend following us on LinkedIn. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me directly, Twitter and LinkedIn are the best ways. On Twitter, my handle is at Taylor underscore S. And on LinkedIn, you can find me at Taylor Shed is how you spell my last name, S-H-E-A-D. So I would really love to connect with 
any educators, students, any of our thinkers, no matter who you are in the world, I'm really passionate about just connecting and building a community of like-minded individuals to help us, you know, come together and change the world together. I love that you said adult learners, because it occurred to me when I was looking at your material, this is fantastic for kids, but what if we have a single mom, let's say that life didn't treat her just right, and she is now waiting tables as she supports the children. Well, she's not going to want to do that for the next 20 years. In what ways will you serve someone in that position? Dot, it's like you've been in some of our design sessions or you're reading my mind. So we're working with a partner called the Oakland Reach that's building something called on-ramps to the economy. And the idea is take that exact single mother that you mentioned. And let's say she has the concept of in three years, I want to be able to, you know, buy a three-bedroom house in my neighborhood. And not only could the navigator that we have, the same navigator that's used to support kids in K through 12 and higher ed, then tell this single mom, what does her credit score need to be and how can she raise her credit? What jobs are available in her area that allow her to make the income that she needs in order to qualify for this house? And then how do we train that single mom in order to get those jobs that would enable her to qualify for being able to purchase that house. And so that's a large part of what I think it'll look like as we start to support adult learners is then be able to set a destination, whether the destination is like a life goal, like purchasing a house, or the destination is something like realizing a career of their dreams. You know, when you think about it, the reason why a lot of us don't succeed in certain careers, maybe let's just take computer science or technology it's because we have deficits that might date back to third grade or sixth grade or, you know, 10th grade. And so by bringing all of this together under one warehouse, you're really able to help the learner troubleshoot themselves and identify what are those learning gaps that they have from years before that they can remediate in order to be ready for these jobs. Whereas right now, you know, even my experience with me wanting to be in pre-med, I didn't know where to start as far as what I didn't know. But in a world that Stimuli Studios exists, we can get rid of that problem where we can identify those previous gaps, no matter how old we are, remediate those, and then get on a pathway to success. Now, what if you have a dream educational goal, but you find technology intimidating, or there are other obstacles to achieving your dream? One thing I would just add is, you know, I hope people follow their passions. And when I talk about you can do anything, I was not a technical co-founder. So some people might be wondering like, Taylor, do you code? Are you the one developing the game? And the answer is I'm not. I'm the one that had the dream and the vision. And I had a co-founder that worked at Apple with me that as soon as he graduated from college, he began working with me that became my technical co-founder. So all that to say that don't let your perceived limitations of yourself limit who you are. And I think it's possible to build amazing teams just off of your passion and your belief in like a better world. So just kind of that message of not letting anything stop you and a shout out to my phenomenal team that's enabled me to take what at one point was just an idea in my head and bring it to life and then the real world. What else do you need? How can people best support you? They're listening saying, whoa, I'd love to get on board with this. Well, if you have Ultimately, one thing I would share is anytime someone is going the venture capital route, sometimes they want to take the path of least resistance to reach customers, which means going either direct to consumer, sometimes private schools or charter schools. If you have relationships with your local public school district and you think they might be interested in trying this out, 
please let us know because we don't believe that equity can be achieved unless we're actually impacting, you know, where the majority minority is or where a lot of students that don't have other options to go to different schools are. So any introductions into your local public schools is extremely helpful. And then, you know, as far as sustainability, we always are looking for different grant non-dilutive opportunities to just help us further our work because in ideal world, we would be able to raise venture capital funds and also couple that with non-dilutive capital. So we can just get a little bit longer, a little bit, let's say we can go a lot further without having to take on additional capital. So any grant opportunities are helpful. And then last but not least, if you're a content creator, there is a space for you in this world. If you're someone that says, I'm great at financial literacy, I want to teach kids in my neighborhood financial literacy. We have tools that enable you to almost stand up your own business or your own touring service in order to reach kids in a virtual capacity through our platform. So don't be afraid to reach out to us, whether you want to jump on the platform this year or you say, I want to follow you. And when you're ready to go to a massive consumer market, we're there. We want to hear from you. So those are the ways that you can help support us. Finally, if people could only get one thing from you, Taylor, about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from you and what you're doing? You can do it too. I think that's the most important thing that whatever you dream of is possible. There's people out there like myself, there's there's people out in the world that would do anything they can to see you succeed, whatever that means for you. So never stop believing in yourself and just know that if you look at me and you're inspired and you're thinking, wow, I can never do that. That's not the correct thought. You can do it too, whatever that it is, whether it's getting a promotion, whether it's impacting the next generation, whether it's creating technology, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from reaching any goal that you might have in life. Taylor, thank you for your time today. Thank you. You and I have been listening to Taylor Shit, founder and CEO of Dallas-based educational technology company Stimuli, creators of the first game-based learning metaverse in the United States. Find out more about Stimuli Studios' exciting expansion into additional areas at Stimuli.net. That's Stimuli, S-T-E-M-U-L-I.net. You can also follow them on their social media channels at Stimuli Studios. And as Taylor said, you can reach out to her on Twitter. Her handle is thetaylor underscore S. On LinkedIn, Taylor Shedd, spelling her last name S-H-E-A-D. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at Two Mavericks. Dot com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.